All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Top of the charts Tuesday. We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Uh, and you can always be a part of the show. Hit us up, Specs, text line 512-337-3776. Or you can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. Uh, my man Patrick is at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. Uh, Matt Harge is at Hardball Harge, but he's uh, actually out. Be back tomorrow, of course. All right, let's get to this Texas players-only meeting. Yes, another one. There's another players-only meeting. It's a good thing because the last players-only meeting resulted in a Old Testament-style butt-whipping of West Virginia. And then, of course, uh, they shut out Oklahoma after the last players-only meeting. And you know what I always say about players-only meeting? It's kind of like marriage counseling. Nobody, you know, nobody goes to marriage counseling when things are going well. Much like a players-only meeting, nobody calls a players-only meeting when things are great. You don't call a players-only meeting to pat everybody on the back. But Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, Lizzo size, Megan the Stallion size. But is that just like marriage counseling, if both parties are committed to it and they actually you know, work the therapy, uh, it actually can be beneficial to everybody involved. As long as it's done in a constructive fashion. And I think that's what's happening for Texas. So... If it is indeed another players-only meeting, if they have the sim- a similar result that they had after the first one, after the Texas Tech loss, then I, I'm all for it. I don't remember having multiple players-only meetings in a season, but, but hey. I, it, I think this is why own. it's a little bit different, too, is if we remember at the beginning of the season, we <laughs> talked and Roshan was one of the first people to come up and be like, oh, I'll be a leader. This team had no in-team leadership because the previous regime basically shut down in-team leadership. They shut down. They didn't want players-only meetings. They didn't want that. They, the Tom Herman era was kind of opposed to that stuff. They had some players-only meetings. So they Tom did, Herman. but they did not. Yeah. Like If you remember, they didn't want – Tom Herman wasn't a big a fan of the players kind of <laughs> leading themselves. He wanted to be the leader. And so this team didn't have a lot of leadership for a few years. And we, we talked about this offseason – Roshan and Hudson Carton, some of these guys had to really step up and go, oh, yeah, we're not used to leading the players-only practices. We're not used to doing those things because there just hasn't been guys to do that. Sam Elling would probably disagree with you, honestly. I think Sam was there. Sam was, but Sam I don't was think, actually a damn good leader. I think so. Sam was a good leader. I I'm don't not saying think, he may not have had the mass leadership, but that was leadership I, I don't think there. I don't think they had necessarily the meetings and the team. Like I don't think mm-hmm. they had a leadership council like they have now that was doing that. Just because those are the reports we got early in the season, what there was there was no one on the team that was doing that, and those yeah. guys had to kind of figure it out because no one had trained any of them of how to do this. So they're all pretty much figuring out how to be that guy. Yeah, and I think that's why you're seeing more of it. Is they're all just going, "Hey, let's not let's not let this be our fault. Let's not let this be where we're slacking." And the leadership is we want to make sure that we're leading this team the right way. As the leadership council and all those guys. And so if they're calling more, good on them. Because the more you're focusing on football, the more you're trying to figure it out is better than, ah, we'll get them next week. No, no, I agree with that. You're right. I'm glad there's a sense of urgency from the guys to at least they care. It yeah. shows you, right? That's what marriage counseling at least shows you that both parties still care about you know figuring it out and fixing things. Uh, Jordan Whittington. And by the way, this was unsolicited. So the media didn't ask Jordan Whittington for this information. He volunteered it. Um, he says, uh, quote, we had a meeting <clears throat> and we had a meeting after we, 
lost the tech, but just how important the details are. He went on to say, and this was just like catching back up to it, just making sure everybody stayed on track and understood that we're at the last stretch of the season. So the details matter even more. It was good and very much needed. And I think today, just watching practice, you can tell that it got implemented. This is from our friends over at two, uh, 247 Sports. Shout out to my man Chip Brown. I believe he's the one uh, that had this story. Uh, so, Patrick, to your point, uh, yeah, maybe we're starting to see more of these meetings. Maybe the guys are just open. Because I think the last one, Sark volunteered the information. I don't even think that the media was the one trying to solicit this info. Yeah. And they were trying to get it out. I believe Sark just openly told everybody, and there was a players-only meeting after the tech loss. And they were I was like, oh, really? Yeah. And then this was Jordan Whittington sitting with the media saying, hey, we got a players-only meeting to get it to get it handled. So to your point, this is not them um, you know, necessarily trying to placate the media. The media is trying to pull it out of them. No, this is part of their process. Their process is, no, no, after we lose a game, or we have a setback, we're having a players-only meeting to get it right. Yeah, and, and the last one, it worked. No, and it's last one we worked. Get embarrassed. We were embarrassed because, as you said, we should have won that game. I don't think there's anyone in that locker room that doesn't think they should have won that game. Yep. And if you go, we were embarrassed again on TV, mm-hmm. let's all go make sure we're in the right state of mind and let's make sure that we're in the right path because that can lead two ways and the embarrassment can lead to – fracturing the locker room, it can lead to people believing that one guy shouldn't be on the field and I'm better than him. Or we can all sit down and say, hey, man, this is the way we're working and we're working as a team. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I, I'm all for the, the players-only meeting. It is rare to have multiple players-only meetings in a season. But, like I said, hey, nobody can tell you, you know, how to, how, how to make your marriage work. <laughs> right, every marriage is different. Every team is different. If they believe, hey, to get back on track, we need to meet to make sure the details are taken care of, and that we are focusing on practice and making sure that we have the best practices possible week to week. Because we got to focus on the day to day, make sure guys don't get distracted, and maybe you know, maybe it's about the players doing more. You know, more than I, I only been in a few players only meetings, but most of the players only meetings, they are all about what we need to do to yeah. to get better. And I wouldn't doubt if it's, hey, guys, I don't know if we're putting in enough work. Yeah, well, of course we're putting in the, 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 the hours that are allotted for practice and meetings and film study, whatever it is. The coaches you know, have to uh, obviously abide by with the NCAA rules. But are we putting enough hours after we leave the facility? Yeah. When you go home, are you watching film? Or are you watching your shows? Or are you going out? And I'm not saying you can't have a social life. But this game requires sacrifice. It, re- it requires extraordinary levels of commitment. And if you aren't, if all you're watching is the film that they watch in the f- over there at, at Moncrief, I can tell you right now, you ain't doing enough. Yeah. And if all the work you're putting in is for the allotted hours at practice, you ain't putting in enough work. You got to stay after. You got to go early. We definitely need to have meetings where, hey, man, I'll order all the pizza um, and somebody bring the brew, and we watch and film for two hours as a group in somebody's dorm room or at somebody's house during the week. Like, these are the things that it takes. I mean, so I, I wonder if the meeting more was about not necessarily, hey, man, the coaches are doing whatever they can do, and we can't control what they're doing, motherfucker. That we only control what we're doing. So let's do more. Yeah. Let's do more. Let's put in more work. And I think it's, in a, you know, we're in a different era now too, in the transfer portal and NIL and things that coaches can't really get on players the same way they used to. 
where it used to be like, hey, man, I can get on you in a, in a room because mm. I can go yell at you all I want and not worry because you ain't going anywhere. Yep. And I can, you know, I can tell you if you're spending too much time on your phone because you're getting an NIL deal because you're doing something else, I can go yell at you. Well, I can't do that now because you're going to transfer out or you're going to get mad because I'm messing up your NIL money. That's what I'm – exactly. And so that – but if you have players come <laughs> after you, that's a much different approach than having a coach come after you where a coach, you're like, cool, I'm out. Like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not playing for you. I don't trust you anymore. If you have a, if you have another player come up and go, like, man, I'm, if you have Quinn Ewers come in and say, man, I'm making more NIL money than all y'all. Mm-hmm. I'm doing all these things mm-hmm. and I'm watching more film and I'm doing this. Y'all got to step up. If you have Bijan go, man, I'm going to the league. Y'all don't want to be, y'all don't want to go to the league with me? Yeah. If I, you don't, if you have that, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. No, the peer accountability. So I'm wondering if that's more what it's about. But like I said, I, I don't mind the players only meeting. I know we'll, some people will kind of mock it, and we used to have fun with it, of course. Uh, but the last time, they got the results they wanted. They got the results all of us wanted, which was winning. Got two big wins. Not only big wins, statement wins. It's more than just winning but and how you win. Because, right, it's more than just Texas losing these games. Texas can lose games. Everybody loses games. Everybody's perfect. It's the manner in which they're losing games. It is losing while you're up double digits. And losing in the same manner you did last year. Two of your three losses this year have happened in that fashion. It's being up and at halftime, right? Two of your losses this year happened in that fashion, just like most of your losses last year. And then being up in the fourth quarter and sitting finding ways to lose. And, and I put these stats out uh, via my Twitter account. You know, Sark, before he got to Texas, he only had seven losses out of 82 games as a head coach where he lost the game after having a lead going into the fourth quarter. Only seven. He's already got seven in 20 such games here in Texas. So it ain't, I, I want to be clear, it ain't all Sark. Sark came in, and, and by the way, for Texas, hell, Tom Herman wasn't losing games like that. He was losing games, probably more than games that Longhorn fans would have liked, but he wasn't losing games in that manner. So I also yeah. I think the manner in which you win, like they won versus West Virginia and versus Oklahoma, statement games, the manner in which Texas is losing some of these games, like I said, the seven losses now uh, for Sark out of the 20 games he's coached here <clears throat> when he's had a lead in the fourth quarter, only had seven of those out of 82 games prior to coming to Texas. Something's, that's some, something stinks in the culture and something stinks, period, there. Yeah. Like, that's not right. And, like I said, same thing about his winning percentage went up at halftime. 84% winning percentage when he's up at halftime prior to coming to Texas. Now he's at 57%. You know, when he's, uh, and, and the national average is 80%. You know, he won 91% of his games when he had double-digit lead uh, prior to coming to Texas. Now he's at 64% when he has a double, 64% win percentage when he has a double-digit lead. The, the losing games in this manner is not normal and, and shouldn't be ha- it shouldn't continue to happen. So like I said, the manner in which you win and the manner in which you lose, it does matter. It matters. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, if you want to talk the difference between the Arkansas loss, which is embarrassing, <laughs> but look, you went in, you weren't ready to go that day, you were outplayed in every facet of the game. Yep. To, oh, you could have won Texas Tech, you could have won Oklahoma State, you outplayed them for most of that game. Easier to accept the Arkansas loss, in my opinion. Yeah, you that's just got whipped. So those are two different player <laughs> meetings you have to have afterwards, yeah. as opposed to, hey man, well we need to get back on track and we need to prepare differently and we're not ready. We need to step up our game. To, hey man, what what are we doing wrong? Yeah, what are we, where are we missing it totally that agree. this is a trend that we need to fix? And it just is a different way of man. That's embarrassing to have that stat where everybody can look at you and go, oh yeah, no, no one will ever give up against you. No lead is too big. Nothing is where you're going to walk out because everybody knows you're soft in the in the in the game. Everyone knows it. 
You're a three quarter team right now. Yeah. That, but but you can change that narrative. You got four games to change it. You got yeah. and you got. I mean, marquee opponents to change it against. You got the Purple Kryptonite, TCU and K State. One of those on the road, and you also got Kansas and Baylor. So plenty of time to change that narrative. But I totally agree. With you. I think right now, consider Texas a, a great three quarter team. But unfortunately, that fourth quarter does matter. And I do wonder. And I know they got a sports psychologist over there because they got all the the best resources as well. They should. The guys deserve it. Um, I do wonder if there's a psychological element now that needs to be addressed. Like I said, one time is an outlier. Uh, you know, two times is a coincidence. Three times is a bit of a, a trend. Four times a pattern. Five times. That's habit. That's habitual. Yeah. There's no way those guys are up double digits and not thinking about those stats. No way. I'm telling you, this guy was on the side. They're thinking about it. And instead of thinking about, let's go out and finish this. Let's go out and close out. Let's put the nail in the coffin. They're probably thinking, let's not screw it up, guys. Don't screw it up again, guys. Wrong attitude to have. Yeah. So I almost wonder, from a sports psychology perspective, should they, you know, uh, some exercises, whatever, come work, help them work through that? Because I do think they're thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Oh, no. And I know the, they're thinking about it. They know the stats. No, you know it goes into halftime and you're up 10 points. You go, that's nah, not enough. That's what you shouldn't be saying. Ten points is not enough when you're the better team. Yeah, you, you should be incentivized to go to go out there and put you know finish that team or put yeah. the nail in the coffin. But I'm saying as fans, yeah. if we're watching the game, oh, and it's ten right. points, yes. we will say ten points not enough in no, halftime. You're right, and that is a terrible way when you know you're the better team totally and you agree. are outplaying them, and you go ah, ten points not enough. That's totally a agree. that's a horrible way. But that's just how we think as Texas fans now. Because that's because we've been trained that yeah, way. Yeah, so you've been conditioned to it uh, lately. Um, so now I'm with you on that. I think that I, I I do think this team is better. There's no question about it. Texas is a better football team than they were last year. There's no doubt about it. But better isn't good enough, as we all know. Got to get the dubs. Uh, one thing I'll let me ask you this, Pat. Do you would you rather see? We talked about this yesterday. Adrian Martinez or a really hot Will Howard? Will Will the thrill or Will the real deal? Howard as he looked uh, last week. Because uh, Texas is preparing for both, and they both have uh, different strengths and weaknesses in their skill set. Me, personally, I think I'd rather see Will Howard, but I don't think they're sweating it. I think they believe they can beat Texas with Will Howard or with Adrian Martinez. I, I think, Yeah, I think Will Howard is the one you want to see because Adrian Martinez has played really, really well. And in one of those 49-0, like 48-0 games like that where they just they knew what Oklahoma State did, they game-planned them, they knew exactly what to do to win. Yeah, he looked really good. They knew what to do. Yeah. I mean, Texas could have run up the score if Quinn Ewers hit Xavier Worthy. Xavier Worthy's open on a lot of those. So mm. if you look at that and you go, the ball's getting him better. So I, I get it. I, I think you want to go with Will just because that's. You think Will Howard would be the. Uh, yeah, I mean, think I, you, I think. You, you, you would rather see Will Howard? I would or, rather see Will Howard. I w- I'm with you. Yeah, I'd Adrian Martinez has Howard. played well against multiple opponents. And We've he, seen it against yep. one opponent with Will Howard. Totally. Now, I don't think either one of them is a cakewalk. It's not. You're no. not picking. It's not an easy choice. But yeah, Will Howard just seems like. You, you also have another week of game film on him now that Oklahoma State did not have where you can say, okay, we know what he did this week, so we can kind of look and, and try and figure out right ways to to pass rush him and stuff yeah. like that. I, I just think Adrian Martinez, the experience he's had, we know now what experience means, man. It's just, it just – look at Quinn Ewers. I mean, have all the talent. His talent is, is upsides through the roof. Experience matters so much at that position. And in a big game like this, it's going to be a nighttime game, yep. uh, big home uh, game for K-State. I think an Adrian Martinez, who, by the way, Chris Kleiman said was 
basically he was very close uh, last game to being able to start for them. But he said the conversation here, Adrian Martinez, was that his knee wasn't like 100% or it, it still felt it a little bit. So that's why he went with Will Howard because he felt like he gave the team a better chance to win. I got, I, I got to think that Adrian Martinez will be ready to go versus Texas. Yeah. He playing versus Texas. No, I think they knew they could beat Oklahoma State, and now they're going to come back and go, all right, we rescued you up for this game. I think it's exactly what they were doing. I Honestly, I, I think they were like, hey, man, we'll just let the chips fall where they may. We'll go out there and do that. I don't think they thought they were going to blow no, you don't the think, you, doors off You don't ever think you're State. winning 48-0. Yeah. No, there's a great Gundy quote where uh, he says he was talking to Chris Kleiman. Chris Kleiman says, honestly, Mike, we played the best game that we've played since I've been here as a coach. And then Mike Gundy said, um, where it's an, it's an ish day. For for that, very <laughs> very real issue, issue day for that. You know, what I mean? like I, I get it. That was a bad day for it, but we saw the we saw the ceiling for K State what they're capable of. Yeah, does that mean they're gonna? Hell, we saw what Texas capable of too. Yeah, you know, play with Bama down to the wire. You saw them. They they made us. Texas made us think West Virginia was the worst team in the Big Twelve at the time they played them. We, we made, they, we made a, they made us think that Oklahoma could not play football exactly. either end of the field. <laughs> yeah. We thought, oh, this defense can't play at all. This offense has nothing. Exactly. He's like, we, I remember having people say, like, I think West Virginia might be the worst team in the Big 12. Yeah. Now I'm looking at West Virginia like, no, West Virginia, can, they can still go a little bit. How the hell did Texas dominate that team? They were, they were supremely focused. They had, they had a crystallized focus in that game on, at, on all phases, at every level, and they can get that consistently every week. The problem with Texas is this, and I know we got to go to break because I want to talk some NBA with my man Patrick while we got some time. The problem with Texas is this in a nutshell. Right now, they are so inconsistent. When they're at home, they'll have performances that make you think they can win the Big 12. Bama, West Virginia, right? Um, even, even, honestly, honestly, even the way they pulled out the win versus Iowa State, because Iowa State plays everybody tough. They do. They just have a great defense to play everybody tough. Remember, that was a step for Sark, because Sark would usually lose a game like that, but he found a way to win a game that he was up. Big in the game, up in the fourth quarter, up at halftime, found a way to win that game. He did it by relying on Rojo, putting some Bijan on it with a side of Rojo. I thought that was a little bit of growth. The problem with Texas is they're so inconsistent, and I'm not sure Texas gets better every week. Really good football teams, they get better week to week. Now, everybody around the country is getting better week to week, so you got to deal with their rate of development as well and their growth and potential as a team. But I'm not sure Texas get now. Texas, a, Texas is getting better overall. But do they get better week to week? No. Played Alabama down to the wire, lost to Texas Tech. Had a team meeting, beat the hell out of West Virginia, beat the brakes off Oklahoma. Go up there with a wounded Oklahoma State team down three, four, five, six starters. Quarterback can't throw. Lose the game, even though they were up double digits up at halftime. And then now that's why the, I think the players on the meeting is for them to establish or try to reestablish. Hey guys. Let's get better. Let's build on this moment. Can we get better week to week? Let's stop having a great performance and then the regression and we slide back. Yeah. And that's why at the end of the season, I can't tell you if Texas is going to win these last four games, split them, or lose all of them because all of that is possible. Yeah. No, that, that's 100% true. You don't know right now if Texas is playing for a bowl game against Kansas or if Texas is trying to get to the Big 12 championship against Kansas. But both realistic possibilities. <laughs> both are on the. I totally agree. They're on the table. And one Texas only reason Texas beat Iowa State is a lucky fumble. Not lucky. Physical. Came down. Made contact. Dislodged the ball. Hustled to the football by. That was my man Anthony Cook. Hustled to the football by Jalen Ford. They recovered it. So I can't say luck. 
But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, Lizzo, Megan the Stallion size. But do I think Texas won that game or do I think, do I think Iowa State lost that game? I'm not sure. I'm it, not yeah, a because after that drop by Xavier Hutchinson deep, I'm not entirely sure. Because if he catches that ball, they probably score a touchdown, and I don't know how different the game is. Yeah, yeah. Because we want to say that then, then Texas Tech only beat us because of a, a lucky fumble. You can't say that in any game. Yeah, yeah. You're like a fumble is a fumble, especially yeah, when there's like, contact. No, I'm with you. That it was is, like, that, that wasn't even a lucky fumble. Like they dislodged the ball. That was a great yeah. play by Anthony Cook. And yes. yeah, you can't call it Tech. It, tech ain't lucky. It ain't a lucky win for Tech because. What they go on fourth down, six of eight? Exactly. That's exactly. why they look. That's what I'm saying. It ain't. It ain't. <laughs> it ain't. Like, to your point, it ain't never luck. It ain't never no. just luck. But I do think Xavier Hudson, best receiver, best player on that team, dropping a ball in a crucial situation, it's probably not high odds of that yeah. happening very often. Let me ask you this before we go to break. Do you think in that players-only meeting, they lined up a line of scrimmage and taught them how to stand behind it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's another one too. We don't talk about the penalties and stuff either. At that crucial was, times, that was huge in that game. Got, and you, I'm just yeah. and the offsides have been no, ridiculous right. this season. Here they had two. They had corners be offsides. These yeah, that's what I said. Line of scrimmage. Yeah, just right. go. Hey, three times the corners have been outside. Can y'all stand behind this? Yeah. All right. All right. That's one problem fixed. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right about that. Uh, but I, like I said, I, this team could go either way. This is truly cro- the crossroads. They could go either way. I mean, they could go downhill and end up as a seven-win team, or it could go the other way and end up as a nine-win team. And I, who have probably watched more Texas football than even some of those coaches over there, I have no idea which way it's going. Nope. I don't think anybody does. I said that's part of the, the experience we all love, right? All right, we come back. We got to talk about Steve Nash being fired. I want to give my man Patrick's thoughts about this. What's going on with the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, Josh Primo also released. We haven't talked about that. We just mentioned it. I want to get into some of the details now that we do have some more details about that. And also, is Luka going to win the MVP this year? Certainly off to that kind of start. Right here on Ball Don't Lie on nine The Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. My man Patrick's always killing it. And, uh, oh, man, soul school jam right here, too, huh? I mean, this was Santana. Santana and. Uh, Ooh, I'm not going to get that one. The singer Rob Thomas. Ah, oh, I should have got that one, actually. This is like from that album, right? That uh, iconic album that they The had. album he did that had it all, it was all like duet or yeah, all yeah, had famous yeah. singers on it. Yes, I forget the name of it, actually, but it's a great album. Um, but big fan and uh, appreciate my man Patrick on the top of the charts Tuesday, uh, always keeping it eclectic. Uh, let's get to the NBA. Uh, because there's been some big news dropped in the NBA uh, because of all the NFL headlines and World Series going on. Haven't really been able to catch up with these stories. But the latest today being Steve Nash uh, being fired. Um, well, oh. being uh, mutual oh. parting of oh, ways. sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, being relieved of his duties, yes. if you will. Yes, I, I was I'm sure I stated correctly. Um, but isn't are they basically doing Steve Nash a favor? Yeah, so this is a weird thing. This is it, on, right. We all knew he was on the hot seat last year. There was all the talk of him getting fired last yeah. year. Then in the off season, uh, Kevin Durant says it's me or him, and because they don't want to let into Kevin Durant, they don't fire him. 
So the entire reason he was still the coach for a lot of it was because they were like, hey, yeah, we have to be like, we can't let Kevin Durant win. But then a couple games in the season, he's already got thrown out. Clearly things aren't working. They have to make some changes. And everyone knew as soon as the Celtics moved on from Ime, Udoka, that that was the guy the Nets wanted. They wanted him since. He's a former assistant with them. They really liked him when he was there. So they wanted him. And basically they, they were fine with whatever allegations are against him. They're fine with it. So they said, you know what? Cool. They're working on him, and the deal is expected within the next 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, Adrian Rosnarowski, as Patrick just mentioned, uh, reported, this is probably this is way earlier today, actually, suspended Celtics coach Ime Udoka emerged as the likely next candidate for the Brooklyn Nets head coaching job, and his hiring could be finalized as soon as the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, yeah. Sources tell ESPN um, Celtics will let him leave for another job, uh, reportedly. Uh, said the hope is that Udoka can tighten the nets defensively and uh, command the respect of their key players. I think that latter part there is in- it, it's integral for yes. his, to his success, right? So it, those key players meaning KD and Kyrie. Yes. Yeah, and, you're and looking more there. Kyrie, more and, more and, I mean, and you got Ben Simmons in yeah, there as true. well. Good point, good point. Uh, which yeah. you, you need to start playing better because he's fouled yes. out of a bunch of games so far this year. Yeah, you got to make that experiment. At least it can't be a failure again, the Ben Simmons thing. No. At least make it where it's not a failure. It doesn't well, have to be a success. The, the Nets are just in that place where they can't really trade anything because they've already tried and nobody wants – no one's touching Kyrie because he may get suspended now Whoa. for remarks he's made. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, So he could possibly be suspended. Comments. Kevin Durant – People want him, but they're not going to give up anything for him at this point. We saw they that know. last offseason. Yeah, because they all know they're like, oh, what are you going to do? You, he doesn't want to be there anymore. He, he doesn't, and he doesn't want you to get traded to a team that you're trading all the players away from. So, yes, yeah, to me, they did Steve Nash a favor here. Oh yeah, I mean, you got now. Cause I, I think nobody's Steve, blaming him for the disaster, yeah, or dysfunction. This is, but there. this is once again another one of those things where you just realize how the Nets are run very. Not correctly. They're just poor, they're a poorly run franchise because yeah. you don't have a, a ten games into a season. Yeah, you you could have done this in the off season. No, they're a, they're a terrible culture. Oh, they they don't even know about building a culture. All they try to do is 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 steal and siphon bits and remnants of other people's culture. Why do they take? Oh, the Celtics. Celtics. Yeah. Oh, we'll take them. We'll take that guy, Kyrie. We'll take that guy. Uh, you don't want that guy. Oh, you, oh, you you don't want your big three anymore. We'll take that big three. We'll take it. We'll take it. We like that. They, they oh, we like what you got. We yeah, like, exactly. They ooh. can't build their own culture, so yeah. they want to siphon remnants of other people's culture, and that's not the way to go. you got to start building from the ground up. That's why Ime Odoka may be a good hire, to at least start yeah. trying to build their own culture as an organization. I, I, think, it's, I think it's the right move in, the sense, in a basketball sense. There may be other issues of – Hey man, we've already got Ben Simmons who oh. off the court issues, and we have Kyrie. Kyrie off the court issues, and now we have Ime off the court That's issues. That's true. Good point. Yeah, it's also, you're right. I'm talking about him as a coach. You're right. I'm not talking about no, the basketball extracurricular stuff. You're right. He's got a lot of issues because we don't even know the depth of it all yet in detail. What Udoka has been involved with and what the right the scandal is. The scandal is, and there's it's a been lot very of, vague about there, what the scandal. There's been a lot of reports that it's. That it's something that it's involved a wife of Team Brass, and that is why right? the punishment was very severe, yeah, very okay. quick. Yeah, but that is also unsubstantiated by anything of real note. So that is the rumor everywhere. But we're assuming something like it, it, it was someone of clout. Yes, who was violated here in terms well, we of think their it's clout's wife. Yes, yes. So it's somebody that she was part of the organization, and he's part of the organization, and then he found out about it and yeah. was like, oh. 
Well, yeah, you're not coaching here anymore. Uh, someone <laughs> says he may no longer suspended for the year. Remember, is that suspension from the, it was Cel- the Boston Celtics? It's the Celtics suspension, yes. not a league suspension. It was not a league suspension. So that's why he didn't have to deal. No, the with league would need way more information to make that. Suspension. That's right. It, it would. It, the details would become public if the league and suspended. I, again, if that's true, that it is someone on the team's wife, they do not want any of those details out there. Nobody, nobody involved wants it. Email yes. don't want it out no, there, and the people don't, yeah, involved don't want like, it out there. Either. No one wants to be. Yeah, they're probably trying to salvage their no marriage one wants right to be now. The guy who. Oh, your wife cheated on you with the head coach. And, and everybody trying to knows make it. trades in the NBA and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> the NBA is a trash talking league, too. So you don't want that yeah. out there. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get, we'll get to this Josh Primo situation really quick while we got some time. It would drop it dropped last week. Friday, right after we got up there. Out of nowhere. I that, was getting in my car after the show and I saw the tweet. And you texted us and I was like, what the hell? Josh Primo was essentially released by the Spurs out of nowhere. Initially, he said, he cited himself that it was, he's dealing with some mental health stuff and he just needs, you know, time, whatever. trauma. And then Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Rosnarowski of ESPN, they reported their own story uh, that said the San Antonio Spurs release of guard Joshua Primo stemmed from multiple alleged instances of him exposing himself to women. Yes, and now there is a lawsuit with Tony Busby. Uh, there is a lawsuit of a, I believe, the former psychiatrist of the Spurs yes, is yes. the one alleging and, and suing. Yep. So, uh, yeah, this is one of those things. When it happened, we were all trying to figure it out, and then the, the report came out of that it was mental health, and you're like, no, no team ever cut anybody because of mental Like, you don't cut people while they're struggling. Like, no. the 76ers paid Ben Simmons for a year. Exactly. When he was saying that, he, when he was just saying he was. I'm with you. So it was clearly something that it was something else. It came out as this. They made the right decision. You just have to cut bait and go, look, we saw what happened to the Texans because they kept Deshaun around when they knew there was problems. So it'll, good point. now it'll all have to come out how much they knew and when. But he was still on the marketing advertising five hours before it happened. They pulled his jerseys out of the shop. So you think as soon as they found out, they made moves? I think they got the lawsuit. They pulled Primo in. And they asked him if it was true. He said yes, and it was done. Yeah. I mean, because it seems like it was all pretty quick. It, but, it, oh, it came out of nowhere. But there is something to be said of, did they know before the lawsuit, had she told them, and they didn't do anything? So that, that'll that be a question that comes and out. And then it's all the, about who knew within the organization, how high up did it go, exactly. if that is the case. So. Um, I think the Spurs probably acted uh, as quickly as know as possible in it the way just the way it all laid like you said he was still on some of their promotions and yeah i mean people were like, they had a game that night that's what i'm saying and they were like there's no primo jerseys in the game shop there's lonnie walker jerseys yeah there's wise cam jerseys these guys don't play for us anymore and their jerseys are still in the shop yeah. primo played for us this afternoon and he he's is not done he's out yeah i, I think it happened uh, like really uh, like a last minute and then they they made the quickest decision a uh, swiftest decision they could um which i think was the right decision you don't want to be dealing with the deshaun watson no. uh potential situation and, and that's the thing though is he's, that. he's still 19 years old hopefully it is not a lot of cases and it's two or three mm-hmm. i believe i've heard of two there's alleged that it was possibly a couple more so hopefully it's around two or three and it's something that they can all settle, they can figure out, he can get his help he needs to not have this happen anymore and try and give it another shot in the league in a few years because he'll be 21, 22 years old and can try and come back in a few years. Yeah, he can, he can afford to sit out, not sit out, but like just go under the radar for yeah, two or three years and let everything and die down yes. and actually pay your debt to society, whatever it may be, and, and try just, to rehab and try, Yeah, and try and figure it and figure, rehab yourself so yeah. that you're not doing this anymore. No, get some help. 
Yeah. I mean, if it's yeah, I mean, if it's a, obviously and and they haven't talked about anything legally, so I don't know if there are any criminal uh, charges or uh, criminal uh, consequence to this. Just sounds like something that may be a civil. Uh, situation for him but either way uh yeah man if it's multiple incidents it's not a he said she said thing yeah you need to get some help because maybe the way that you well, see and, things is very different the than the way that, that these he women are seen. clearly had to admit to it because if he doesn't say if he says no those allegations are false you can't cut him right away you know <laughs> what i mean like and, if he yeah. walks in and says no that's not true she's making it up you can't cut him you can suspend him you can put him on leave you can do all that, yeah. but you can't cut him because it's America and you're innocent until proven guilty. guilty. But if he walks in that office and said, yes, I did it. Well, and like you said, it was a Spurs employee, allegedly. Allegedly. The first maybe. one, there's also, I believe, a housekeeper in a, in a hotel that was. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. There you go. That's uh, yeah, it's one of those situations. Man, I know Spurs fans are disappointed in that, but uh, I like the way the Spurs acted. I like how swift they decided to move because I'm a Texans fan. Texans first. We still don't know when the Texans found out about any of it. We have no idea. No, we don't know who knew or what they knew. What they and, knew. Yeah. We just know that. Remember, there was an NDA involved. Remember, like, they a got a security. hotel for oh. Remember at the huge was it? It was like a a, a country club or something. The, the Houstonian. Houstonian. Right, yeah. Oh man, the Texans just looked really bad. Spurs, learn from that. Good move. Uh, just separate yourselves from that whole entire debacle. All right, we come back. Uh, we'll wrap it up, put it in the oven, and we'll let you know what's on tap for us right here on Ball Don't Lie. One for another one. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh yeah, yeah I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's... That is... mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm. Pop a top again. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie, right here on 1049 The Horn. Getting ready to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven. If you miss any part of the shows, of any of the shows, go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Can I say this, Patrick? Very disappointed Halloween yesterday. It was. It seemed kind of light. It was. I drove through the neighborhood looking for. Yeah, I only saw like two people. I saw one big group and yeah. like one little group when I was driving I think back. I got maybe eight. I don't think I made it to ten total. Groups that I got a chance to give candy to. That's I was crazy. very sad. I think trick or treating is dying, or maybe I live in a terrible neighborhood. We live in a terrible neighborhood. I think it's yeah. People just go to the nice neighborhoods, and I, mean, I think maybe trick or treating. Maybe they're getting rid of it more. How would people, you? It's, people are scared of it. I guess so. That's sad, man. I was yeah. I was waiting on the kids. I, I got extra candy. I'm gonna bring bags of candy up here tomorrow for you guys. There you go. Got that much extra candy. Sad. <laughs> what you got on tap coming up? Oh man, the, the Astros might be in the World Series. That's right. Goostros watching the Astros tonight. Remember, don't go anywhere. Long one weekly with Chris Beard coming up next, live from Pluckers. Live from Pluckers. Right there on campus. And after that, under the lights will be coming up uh, after that. And oh, they're me, gonna be live at Bush's Chicken, I believe, as well. Boom! And let me, uh, yeah, they're gonna be live from Bush's Chicken. And also, they're going to have some special guests. They're going to have, um, oh, they're also uh, under the lights. They're going to end up having a couple of special guests on for you. So check out that. Coming up next, don't go anywhere. This is Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 Horn. Love you guys. Peace.